imagine I'm just like this drawing of this silhouette and then, and then all these colors are kind of like spiraling around me and out of me. And then I'm just like, oh, I don't know, this is me, okay. <laughs> it's kind of beautiful though. friends and welcome back to another episode of pickles and vodka the unfiltered mental health podcast where one awkward person interviews another awkward person about things that people find awkward and it's just a really beautiful experience (laughs) um for those who are new here first of all welcome my name is christina your host and Before I launch into my interview with today's guest, I need to provide some backstory. So today I'm interviewing Kai Plant of the Feelin' Weird podcast. I have been listening to Feelin' Weird for so many years now, probably like three at least. And what Kai does is just so beautiful and inspiring and um, I'd be lying if I said they didn't have kind of an influence on the way I do my podcast. And so talking to them over Zoom was just like meeting a celebrity. We had such a great talk. And yes, we're both really awkward. And so um, I'll leave it up to you people to decide if that's a a good thing or not. But um, I found feeling weird one day when I was searching for bulimia podcasts on Spotify, because one of their earliest episodes is um, them interviewing their friend about her bulimia. And so I listened to that and um, yeah, been a huge fan ever since. So I am so excited to welcome Kai onto Pickles and Vodka. They also interviewed me for Feeling Weird. So after you listen to this, you can hop on over to that and listen to the episode with me. I believe it is getting released today. We tried to coordinate like that because we're professionals. Um, So with that said, I want to keep this intro really short because I want to give all the time possible to the interview, but um, I just kind of wanted to get something off my chest, I guess. Um, I'm feeling really anxious right now as I record this, and it's not just because this is like my fifth attempt (laughs) because my cats keep making noise, but um, I feel really anxious and I don't like that feeling, and so my first impulse is just to like laugh about it or like ignore it, but (sighs) I feel like I just need to take a deep breath. Sometimes your oxygen just needs more brain. (laughs) Your oxygen needs more brain. Your brain needs more oxygen. God. I'm going to keep that in so you guys can know what a mess I am. But um, today I was reading through some old treatment journals. Um, I was in residential treatment for the whole month of January for my eating disorder. And then I was in PHP for the month of February and some of March. So I've been in treatment for a while this year. And one of the things that kept popping up in my notes was control. Every morning we would write down intentions for the day. And more often than not, my intention was to give up control. And um, I talk about it a lot, maybe not on this podcast, but definitely in real life. And I was actually just on another podcast uh, called Well That Fucked Me Up. I guess this is the week for promoting other podcasts. But yeah, it's it's two guys who interview people about crazy shit they've experienced. And it's called Well That Fucked Me Up. And I was on their podcast and I talked about my religious upbringing and how it affected me and all this stuff. But um, 
My cat sometimes goes into the bathroom and just sits on the floor and meows at nothing. I think I have a ghost. But yeah, control. That's one of the things I was talking about on that podcast was uh, how I developed my self-harm. I developed my eating disorder because I was in a situation where I didn't have any control. And that was the only way I could. It's a tale as old as time. I'm not special by any means. But um, I realized that I might not be stuck in my parents' house anymore. Like, I do have autonomy. I'm an adult. I have control. I, I can choose whether to leave my room or, like, to apply for this job over that job or what to eat for dinner. Like, <laughs> bad example, considering. But I still feel wildly out of control the majority of the time. And obviously, like, I'm still dealing with this eating disorder 15 years later. And so just the thought of giving up control is really scary for me. I like to plan everything out and have a say in what happens to me. And I get really frustrated when things happen, like bad luck, that like something doesn't work out for me or like a person disappoints me. And I always feel like, like with relationships, oh my God, I really need to give up control in relationships because when I'm in a relationship, I find I'm I'm constantly trying to better them or like, control them and that that sounds really bad and you know my exes might not agree with that but I definitely see it and it's a big pattern in my life and that's what I am ruminating on tonight is just ways that I can let go of control no matter how small like um what's an example that I've been doing lately I've been putting my uh, music on shuffle lately, (laughs) just going to my liked songs and shuffling them because I I agonize over music a lot, like what to listen to for every situation. Um, But yeah, I'm putting my phone on shuffle, living on the edge. Sometimes when I'm walking, I'll just like take out my headphones and open myself up to conversation with strangers, which is also scary, especially after COVID. No one really knows how to interact anymore, but sometimes I'll do that. Like just go outside on a walk with no destination. Um, Little things like that sound silly, but the more that I do things like that, the more that I let go of control and realize that not only will nothing bad happen, but like you're opening yourself up to so many good things. It's really beautiful and it kind of makes me want to let go a little more. So I guess that is my challenge this week for myself, and I would love to hear from you all if you have similar goals or stories. Uh, With that said, I am going to jump right into my interview with Kai. Um, Again, this is part of my special Pride Week series where I interview LGBTQ plus guests about how their gender identity intersects with their mental health. And Kai is amazing. You're going to love them go listen to feeling weird after this and let me know what you think uh all right i hope you all enjoy here we go like for real this time bye (laughs) thank you for doing this um i'm gonna say something that has the capacity to make you feel a little awkward okay good (laughs) so If I'm be- <laughs> if I'm being honest, I'm kind of fangirling a little right now. Oh, <laughs> because um, I've been listening to your podcast for a few years. And, okay. Um, not every episode or anything. Um, on and off, but um, you were actually the one to get me introduced to the audio journal format. 
Huh. And I use that a lot now, like in my daily life. Like I record audio journals everywhere. And, um, you know, I've incorporated them into my own podcast, but um, you were definitely the inspiration behind that. That's really <laughs> so nice. It's, yeah, it's really nice to hear. Thank you. I, I really kind of live in this world where I think that I have zero impact on anyone around me. So it's like, that's nice to hear to kind of deflate that story. Yeah, I would say that's um you have a lot of influence around people around you but your brain doesn't tell you that you know your brain yeah. is like you no one cares about this uh you know nothing matters what's the point yeah it's especially it's especially hard when like i'm surrounded by people who don't really get it and then there's like people on the internet who get it so it's like yes a bit confusing I was literally just talking to someone about this the other day, how easy it is to share with your, um, oh, you know what? It wasn't talking to someone else. It was like talking to myself on a, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was talking to my That's friend, awesome. my friend the other day. <laughs> oh, wait, me. <laughs> it's funny because like literally, I think it was an audio journal that I was saying this, how um, I did not start talking about mental health openly for until like 2018 because before that I, I've been struggling my whole life but I'd never really shared outside of the internet about it oh yeah whoa so you were sharing about it on the internet but then you weren't talking about it in person correct or well, yeah um and now I do talk about it in person a lot more but it's still a challenge as you whoa. can relate yeah but enough about me how are you doing today is it 7 30 over there as well no i uh i'm atlantic time so it's 11 30. oh damn okay that must be nice <laughs> i mean yeah when i heard that you were in like seattle i was like oh well if i had known that i definitely wouldn't have picked 11 30. oh no I, i'm the one that provided the time slot so this is all okay. on me this is actually the second interview i've had at this hour and the last time i was really really tired and just like stupid and <laughs> like my guest was like you're the one that provided this time slot i was like you're absolutely right <laughs> this oh i'm sorry are you punishing yourself or what is oh, this no i i enjoy early morning recordings especially oh, um okay. Sunday morning is usually when I do them and it, um, like it makes me happy. Um, I, I know. Well, OK, let's back up because okay. <laughs> you, you haven't even introduced yourself or I, I haven't even introduced you. Like We need to get like rolling here. So um, what is your name? Where do you live? And what's your mental health like experience in a nutshell? Hello, my name is Kai Plant. I live in rural Nova Scotia, Canada, uh, just surrounded by people who wear camo. And uh, my mental... That's all you need to know about me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> my mental health uh, is like, um, I just imagine my whole body and my brain is kind of just slowly walking through the world and there's just like this uh, spiral of all of these millions of colors kind of like swirling around inside of like my body and my brain uh, like imagine i'm just like this drawing of this silhouette and then and then all these colors are kind of like spiraling around me and out of me and then i'm just like oh, i don't know this is me okay <laughs> it's kind of beautiful though so i listened to your most recent audio journal episode um, I believe it was the one before your most recent one. 
Okay. And uh, you're talking about um I so I don't I normally don't write notes when I oh, do cool. this. It's just cas super casual. Um but I actually jotted down a few things when, I kept listening to yours and then having to write something down because I was like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to talk to them about this." Mm. And now I'm looking at my notes and half of it doesn't make it sense. So <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it in a different language. <laughs> It's all good. I mean, I like, I'm just here for this. I, I don't expect anything out of it. And I'm just like here to have a conversation. So like, there's no pressure from, from my end, if that helps at all. Okay. So what was your family life like growing up? Like was mental health talked about at all? No, not at all. Like uh, my dad's an immigrant from Holland. He came when he was like nine and he's really like, just like, just, uh, He's told me before that he identifies as this, so I think it's fair to say he's he's definitely a workaholic, and so I've kind of inherited that. And he won't talk about his feelings. He doesn't. He just doesn't really have like any emotional capacity. And when I was younger, he was very scary to be around. He would just kind of blow up. He's got a lot of trauma and a, an inability to to regulate his emotions. So it was either he would blow up or he would walk away. And that had a really, 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 really profound impact on me because I'm a very sensitive person and I'm like highly attuned to both of my parents, pretty much like everyone that I'm connected to. I'm just very, very attuned to them. My mom um, is very kind and very sweet and very supportive and also, you know, doesn't really understand emotions either. There was never talk of mental health. Like I, I didn't hear about any of that stuff until I was like in my 20s. I remember my friend like had panic actually my girlfriend, when I was like in grade 12, she would have panic attacks at school. And because I was doing like everything I could to pretend that I was okay. I, when I saw her doing that, like having that experience, I just like, I was like running away. I was, I felt so scared of it. Wow. So it's like this strange relationship of me just like suppressing everything within, within me. And then also like being around people who are struggling and kind of being attracted to those people. And then when they're struggling, me kind of like running away from them. So it's been like a really like, I mean, that's just just tiny surface like of family dynamics. Like our family is very fragmented. I don't talk to my oldest sister. Uh, it's just it's confusing to be me. <laughs> that's a mood. <laughs> that's gonna watch that be the name of the episode. It's confusing to be me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that will sell a lot of people on it because, like, honestly, same. Growing up with your parents dealing with their emotional problems of their own, and you being so sensitive, I guess my question is, how young were you when that started affecting you? Or I guess the other part of the question would be, um, did you always feel kind of different? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ever since like, ever since I was little, I thought there was something bad inside of me or something wrong with me. Can you elaborate and, on that a little bit? Well, between like having experience, like sexual experiences with boys my age and like just kind of being raised in this conservative Christian family that like not only represses sexuality, but like represses emotions, represses like anything to do with what I would consider life. Like it was just pushed down instead of talked about. Mm. Um, I'm a preacher's kid, by the way. So represent. Okay. So yeah, yeah. You, so you get it. Yeah. I guess I'm just going to jump right into this topic of like gender identity and how that was growing up. Cause you said, you know, you were seeing boys your age or 
having sexual experiences at least did yeah. you keep that a secret from your family well i remember one time i told my my parents and like honestly they just didn't know what to do and they were like i don't i don't know and so i think i internalized that as like oh i'm so bad yeah i'm too complicated yeah exactly and and like i asked about i asked my mom about that maybe like a year or two ago like i'm 35 now so I, it's like a long time ago but i asked her and she was like yeah i have no memory of that and i'm like that was one of the biggest moments of my life and how can you not remember that and I, and i think that's another part of my family dynamic is there's so much repression and just like push it away forget it and so i i learned that too so how do you identify now i identify as um somewhere between a human and an alien and um <laughs> I don't know. I, I know I have really big feelings and I know I have a body. Uh, I, uh, most of the time I don't understand human beings though. So uh, that's the kind of alien experience. Has your um, experience podcasting made you feel more or less like an alien? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, talking about mental health for so many years uh, and seeing so many different people. <laughs> Do you feel closer or like even further from the human experience? <sighs> I don't know. Maybe both. Like at least it's normalized. So there's like a, a sense of like, oh, okay, I'm not alone, but also kind of more lonely because I want so, so deeply to talk to everyone about what it's like to be human. Yeah. And there's so many people that just want to pretend that everything's okay and not talk about they just want to talk about the, the small talk and, and like, I don't, I don't get it. I was just listening to your episode with Shane and uh, mm -hmm. talking about how you hate small talk. I haven't finished the episode yet, but I got to that part and I was like, Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. hate it on podcasts when they just like fuck around for the first half hour or whatever. It's like, I want to get into yeah. the meat of it. Yeah. I do. Like I gen genuinely, like I've never understood small talk. I've like tried so hard. Like I can kind of fake it, but it's just like, my brain just doesn't, it's, I don't I don't understand it. And that's the other thing is like talking about my mental health. Like I'm not di diagnosed, but I am confident that I am autistic. And I just, you know, since I've kind of come to understand that it's like in the same way as the podcast, it's like normalized a lot of the stuff. Like I no longer am kind of holding the shame about mm. the way that I exist in the world or like how I don't understand human interactions. But at the yeah. same time, it's like, it's also confusing because it's like, I guess how I experience the world is so undervalued and so underappreciated that I'm just like people like me or people who, you know, kind of neurodivergent or have mental health struggles. Like those people are kind of thrown into the corners and the periphery and like, ah, oh, just figure your stuff out or oh, take some pills or oh, like, you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Just think happy thoughts. And it's like, well, huh, this is confusing. Cause I think actually like I am, I think like I, like I have a valid, experience yeah uh, and why is that not taken with at least as much uh interest or credit as like <laughs> everyone else well your whole mental health experience c can be influenced by different factors right there's like internal factors like genetics and stuff and like brain chemistry and then there's external factors like how you grew up and stuff and it sounds like you kind of experienced a little bit of both yeah i mean like i kind of welcome people having whatever views they want about mental health or or themselves really but like i don't adhere to that kind of brain chemistry thing i think it's a myth that's been disproven by now and it's not 
<clears throat> it's kind of like something that generates that um, pharmaceutical industry. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I was watching an HBO documentary last night about the opioid crisis and how like the word crisis itself refers to like something that just kind of happens but this the whole big pharma situation is it's very um intentional what they're doing with creating yeah. the demand for these drugs and you know men, um that's just an example this can be applied to like the mental health drug complex too yeah it's just i mean it's the same people making the same money as yeah. far as i understand it's like well if someone can make a billions of dollars off of something, of course, they're going to like work with insurance companies to like make sure that they can make even more. That being said, like I was on psychiatric meds for many, many years. And there were points in my life where I honestly thought I would never be off them. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, even podcast recordings, there's tons of times that I've said like, Oh, I'll never go off of meds. And like, I've been off of psychiatric meds for like two and a half years now. And, um, Congrats. It's not like that thing like, oh no, now my like life is like fucked and I wish I never went off. I'm like, I had friends that were like genuinely worried about me and I'm like, I'm I'm a-okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, okay. So when it comes down to all of this, I, I really just like, I think that <laughs> I'm like, okay, can I get into this? Yeah. Please do. Please I think do. it's like, it's just like this capitalist mindset that has like fucking like poisoned people's like well-being and sense of self and it's like disconnected people from like their intuition myself included and i see that as like the root of like why there is such a mental health crisis as the word that you use and and it's all kind of tied into this whole fucking system that kind of like profits off of people having small talk and having like fake conversations and working nine to fives and not like actually living authentically and that's the way they tell you you need to live your life. And if you don't, then you're just like an outcast or you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Broken. But it's not like yeah. that at all. It's kind of like a cheat to life when you figure out you don't have to do that. You don't have to live that way. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm going to be 29 this year. I'm a little younger than you, but I feel like I'm just now starting to get that. Right. <laughs> and it's kind of so, mind blowing. Wait, so how did you come to that? Honestly, it was so I worked in the service industry for 10 years while I finished my bachelor's and working full time the whole time. And um, I got my first big girl desk job right before COVID happened. Mm. And it was in the events industry. <laughs> so I lost my job pretty soon after that. And I've been unemployed for the bigger part of last year. And it's been really hard. But yeah. it has given me a glimpse into what people are doing, like how the whole work environment is kind of getting flipped on its head with, you know, the introduction of Zoom and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm never going to say, like, I don't think anything happens for a reason. I don't think, I, I think people who, who are thankful for these crises for their own person, because it's done something good for them. I hate that when people say that, but um mm. I think COVID, one of the positive outcomes of COVID, one of the very few is that I think we're kind of reshaping the status quo. Mm -hmm. And um, that's been really monumental for me, but, you know, painful as with any growth. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to your childhood again and high school years. What was that experience kind of like for you? So, yeah, so in ninth grade, I like found cannabis and I, and uh, I like, there was like this 
two week period where me and my friend would just like smoke a bunch of pot and we would do it at school. And then I had this, like, I, I still don't, I think it was like some kind of drug induced psychosis. I, I don't, I can't really explain it, but I just know I was like kind of out of my body for the better part of like a year or two. And actually probably now that I'm thinking about it, it was probably more like cannabis induced, like anxiety disorder. Like I was just so anxious around people. And so I became so terrified of crowds. Mm-hmm. I, like there were points where I wouldn't eat mush- mushrooms that my mom cooked because I was so scared I was going to get high. I, like, oh I, wouldn't, I wouldn't eat at restaurants because I thought that they were going to like poison my food. I mean, even up until my, tw- like in my twenties, I would like, wouldn't leave my drink at a bar because I knew that some, someone was going to, and it wasn't like someone was going to roofie me. Someone was going to like drop acid in my cup or something. Like I was so scared of losing control. Yeah. So that was a big part of kind of high school. And then I found like Christianity. I had like a kind of a, not a near death experience, but like I almost died at a bike accident. And so in 11th grade, I found Christianity. Like, so I was raised Christian, but then that, like I found it and it like made sense to me. And I became this like, uh, not necessarily a zealot, but I was just, it was so like my truth. And I had to like tell other people about it. And was your identity, would you say your identity? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was definitely like the Christian kid. Like I was at like had prayer group at school and like was trying to talk to my friends about it all the time. And now that I look back on it, I can see that it was just me like, you know, being autistic and like Mm -hmm. what people are doing doesn't make sense to me. Like there's the better way to live or something. And so, you know, it was kind of just like not understanding why humans were going around pretending everything was okay. And like, we weren't just going to die at any moment it's like, let's, let's have real talk. And so the way that I kind of channeled that was through like religion, because that's how I connected with that kind of truth for me. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm kind of in a, a similar kind of wavelength, except I'm more like, oh, everyone has the answers within themselves. Like, I can't tell you what your answer is. You have to find it yourself. Uh, whereas like in high school, I was like, no, I have the answers for you. <laughs> Can I just say that's such a huge leap? Um, because I grew, I grew up Christian as well, and um, I was fed all that uh, propaganda where, like, you have to convert everyone you know or you're a bad Christian. Yeah. And I think in a way, Christianity, uh, one of the positive things it did for me was start to introduce me to death. But, like, yeah. there's the heaven aspect, so it's like death light. <laughs> yeah. It's, like um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm thinking awesome. of, I'm thinking about death, but um, I'm not too worried about it because I know where yeah. I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, that totally explains where my dad's at because like he has Parkinson's, he knows he's gonna die, his sister just died, and he's like so terrified of death. I can tell it. Mm-hmm. But there's this other part that's like, no, 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 I like I have faith. I know I'm gonna be okay. And I think that totally sums it up because he's like I know I'm going to go to heaven so that it's going to be good, but the dying part is terrifying. Are are you a believer at all in any capacity right now? Like, I believe in myself, I guess, sometimes. But no, <laughs> like not in Christianity. No, fuck no. But okay, I, okay. No, yeah. I was going to ask about your autism, How when you first started noticing the signs, and or like what are the signs to you? Like, tell well, me about that. I don't know a lot about it. So first of all, I want to say that like, I'm not an advocate and I'm not diagnosed. So like, I I don't speak for anyone else and I don't speak for autism at all. It's just like, 
it's the easiest way to kind of explain how I exist in the world. And it's just like, I just find people and, and interactions very, very, very confusing. And I'm constantly trying to like understand how to like communicate with people and like, just like feeling so like, it's not, I've had this kind of like weird shift recently, <laughs> which is, I won't get into it because it's kind of trippy, but um, <laughs> up until like recently, I couldn't be around light. I had to always wear noise canceling headphones. I was just like so overwhelmed by crowds. My partner would come home and I would, it would be like sunny out and I'd have all of the curtains closed and I'd have like my headphones on and sunglasses on because it was just like, ah, the world is too much. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm no, that's not funny. I'm just picturing you in the middle of the room, just sitting with sunglasses on. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it is funny. Like, it really is. But it's also like, fuck, that was my yeah. life pretty, like, for most of my life. And also just carrying all that shame around because I was like that. And like, oh, you know, having counselors tell me that I just needed to try harder. And, oh, God. You know, it's like there's a lot of shame that people carry around neurodivergence, like just having a different experience than other people. Yeah. So when did you start looking into autism as a possible um, explanation for the way you were? Well, this autistic kid like sent me an email like, hey, why haven't you done an episode on autism? And I ignored it for like six months because I was like, I don't know. And like, I don't want to talk about autism. That's like scary to me. I don't even know yeah. what autism is. Like I didn't. And then eventually I was like, okay, I'm going to have a guest on and talk about autism and then because of that i just kind of like started dipping my toes in like what is autism and then like when i kind of started to talk and and learn about it i'm like oh okay i get it and it's i don't know like it's not that i want to go around being like i'm autistic i'm autistic but it's yeah. just like the only thing that has been able that like sums up how i exist in the world mm -hmm. and I've kind of always been trying to find some kind of like, oh, the diagnosis that will really explain it. Like, I don't think there's anything that really explains how I exist because I'm pretty complex. And like, I, I there's so many different ways. Like, there's so many would different. Would you say you're pretty weird? I honestly, yes, I am. And it's not in that like, kind of like, uh, ha, ha I'm such a weirdo. <laughs> also to the listeners, by the way, Kai's podcast is called Feeling Weird. That's why I said that. I'm not just randomly calling them weird for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> just in case anyone out there was like what did you just call them oh my god that would be funny if this was just like where you just casually make fun of me the whole time and then i'm like ah ha ha yes right which is exactly the experience that i had yesterday night with my neighbor where he just made fun of the stuff that i did and i'm like oh right. okay uh yeah it's confusing. like your, like your podcast and stuff or like just your personal no i haven't told him about i haven't told him about my podcast i keep all of that stuff hidden but like <laughs> I, I spray painted our shed which he can see from his house and i painted like just some funny weird faces all over it and he just thinks it's so dumb and weird and so he makes fun of me for it and i'm like oh okay cool you well, like my dad he doesn't have to look at it but he does <laughs> i've made him <laughs> <laughs> I love your little draw, like your the faces you draw and stuff. Um, Thank have you, you always has been an artist? Um, yeah, like a shame based artist, I think. Like, <laughs> like you know, my parents don't think I'm an artist and don't understand art, so like, I've always kind of thought like, oh no, I'm just 
you know, but I've drawn since I was like a kid. I've, I've always been very creative. It's just like yeah. I came from a family where that was not valued at all. But I guess like when I was in high school, I found music and I, I started playing in bands in like grade 11. And that that was kind of how I expressed myself artistically up until honestly, probably in my 30s is when I started really like, oh, shit, I should try drawing again. And like, mm. yeah, I didn't mean to but, laugh at you earlier. It was just shame based. Uh artist may just struck a chord with me shame-based artist yeah that's the first time <laughs> i've said that. that does that yeah does that make sense it kind of makes sense i i cool. feel like i'm very drawn to that now huh do you consider yourself an artist uh i do but again it took years to get to this point and i still in my mind because you know we were raised in this capitalistic society that says you don't have any value if you're not generating revenue yeah. Yeah. um I, because i don't make money with my art or like i haven't much in the past i feel like it's not valid yeah i'm sure you can maybe oh, relate yeah. to that totally yeah um, there's a few things I wanted to talk about today. The first was, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but your substance abuse, like what is your history with that? Cause are, you're, are you sober now from everything or? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, say right. I'm, I'm an alcoholic, but I do, I, I'm not sober from everything. So. Oh, okay. No judgment. Cool. That's one thing that I think I knew about you. And then I was like, oh no, is this going to be like weird that. I'm not totally sober. Oh, I, I don't judge. Sure. I, I hang out with people when they're like, I've hung out with people in bars and stuff. Like it doesn't bother me at all. Mm. Um, I, I don't, I'm not going to tell anyone else how to live their life. Cool. I just know what's best for me. And right now yeah. that's not to drink because I get suicidal when I drink, but like other people can drink. It's fine. But what's your history of substance abuse? Like after the weed and was it high school when you first used it? Yeah. Yeah. So there's like grade nine and then I stopped for like two years. And then I think grade 11, I found weed again. And then I, uh, actually I don't like calling it weed. I found cannabis again. And then, um, why do you hate calling it weed by the way? Well, I think that, okay. So I think that in my, my, what I call a spiritual awakening, which is just like integrating the psychology and the therapy that I've learned with like plant medicines, I guess, hmm. is I've, come to respect plants in a new way and i don't want to like disrespect i think calling it weed or calling it like marijuana it's kind of like like pot <laughs> yeah it's like it, i think it it might stem from kind of some racist ideas and mm. i think it has the power to like help people it's definitely helped me in ways when i haven't abused it and i think that there's like just a kind of going back into that capitalist mentality it's like it's so abused it's so like just commodified and like i don't know i it, I, I don't i don't align with that gentrified yeah so I, I call it cannabis because i respect it like i think it's a powerful teacher if that's what someone wants out of it and that's how i approach it so when did the cannabis turn to something else for you yeah i found <clears throat> i got wasted when i was in i think ninth grade my parents went away for the night and i went into their alcohol cabinet and i just started drinking and I got blackout drunk with my, my friend came over and I just puked like all night and she had to put me in bed. And oh like, God. yeah, so that was the first time I drank. And then I didn't drink again until the summer I graduated I high school. I guess that'll do it if you have a yeah. first experience. Oh yeah. Like if, if I smelled tequila, even up until like mid mid twenties, I would barf. Cause it was like, 
I, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, it was traumatizing, and I didn't realize that at the time. But um, yeah. So I found alcohol at like age 18, and that just changed my whole life because then I could finally like connect with people, and I felt comfortable in my own body, and I could just honestly be me. Um, I didn't like have all of those things telling me how to behave and how, like, oh, I, I didn't have that anxiety. And, you know, later on, I would find like, oh, it actually like, you know, makes me more depressed. And like, and then I'm just like having these shame hangovers the next like week. And so the drinking got pretty bad. And I got sober, I guess, probably around age 28. And then was sober for like two and a half years and was like going to 12 step and all that. And then went back into it and then got like really into Coke and really into MDMA and just like had a couple suicide attempts and then was like, shit, I got to change something. And so kind of the last three and a half years, I, I, I haven't ever called myself sober, but I don't. Yeah. I don't like that term either. Yeah. I, I'm just... I'm really aware of like when I'm kind of using something to avoid my feelings or using something to avoid myself and I just name it and I, and I kind of explore it rather than like treat it as like, Oh, that's bad. Like, Oh, I'm an addict. Like, Oh, cause you know, for the last couple months I was using cannabis more than I think I wanted to be. And I, I think there was a bit of denial about that and I can, I can actually hold myself with compassion now instead of like judgment, which is nice. That's amazing. Yeah. But I don't drink and I don't have any interest in drinking because like, Oh, it's so toxic. It's uh, yeah. It, it's really, it really fucked my life up. I keep repeating this topic on the podcast. It's almost like I'm passionate about drugs or something, but like <laughs> the, the, I had a guest on a couple of weeks before yours and he was talking about cannabis as well and how it can be so helpful for people, but also it can ruin people's lives. Also like any drug, yeah. we started talking about drug gatekeeping and cause he was asking me like, what's the hardest drug you've ever done? And I was like, well, I don't like to use terms like that because any drug can fuck you up. Even something that's yeah. like as harmless as like Benadryl, for instance. Uh, Benadryl is incredibly yeah. toxic, by the way. It's very bad for right. you. But um, would you say your drug use now is kind of like intuitive? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know if I want to call it drug because I, I don't. It's another charged word. Yeah, it's so loaded. And yeah, I like. That sounds no. kind of weird too. Honestly, I would call it, I would call it plant medicines because it's like they're they're teaching me, they're getting me in touch with like what I'm avoiding. And I think that when I'm abusing them or when I'm avoiding my feelings using them, then yeah, then maybe they enter into the kind of the drug world. But I think that that kind of going back to this kind of capitalist mindset, it's like, it, it is a mindset. It's like how it's like one way to kind of see the world and seeing the world kind of where everything is a, a thing and everything is like an object. And as opposed to like, like I have been a gardener ever since I was a teenager. And I think that plants and like the earth has, has this, for lack of a better word, like wisdom or this kind of intelligence that humans just can't quite understand like it's not quite logical i think science might get there someday to try and understand like how intricate and complicated the systems are on this earth 
But I think that like humans thinking that they understand plants and fungi or that we like own everything. Yeah. It's really like, you know, it's one way to see the world. I choose to not really adhere to that. It's, it doesn't feel helpful to me. So um, my relationship with, I guess what I would call plant medicines, what some people would call psychedelics or drugs is like, um, I have found some really, really deep healing in practicing the things that I've learned in therapy with the aid of cannabis specifically, and then also psilocybin. I wanted to talk about your mental health journey through your mid twenties to like where you are now. And part of it is because I want to talk about your podcast and like how you started that. Cause for people who haven't listened to Kai's podcast, mm. it's called feeling weird. It's a mental health podcast where you interview guests about their experiences, but then you also have these, these episodes where you release like your own audio journals and kind of work yourself through feelings, mm. feeling weird to be, mm. <laughs> for yeah. lack of a better term. And it's, it's really meaningful to me and so many others. And I wanted to ask you, like, have you always been this vulnerable and authentic with your mental health? Or if not, how did you get to that point? Um, no, I spent my kind of my whole life avoiding it and hoping it would go away. And if I got good enough at like life, then I would just find happiness. Toxic positivity. Yeah, right. Yeah. I like that term. And I, yeah, Same. totally. Uh, up until I think, I I don't think I started talking about it until maybe a year before I started the podcast, maybe two years. Um, so maybe seven, I was going to say maybe seven or eight years ago, I started talking about it. And well, so what was the catalyst for that, if anything, I went to the doctor th saying, I think I'm having a heart attack. And he was like, oh, this is like, like you're having a panic attack. And I was like, what is that? And he's like, here, have this Ativan. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then a year later, I went to the doctor again. I was like, hey, this Ativan is out. Like I didn't, I, I hated Ativan, but I just, there was something about like comfort being like, oh, I have this just in yeah. case things get bad. And this new doctor was like, oh, I'm not giving you a refill for that. That's like so addictive. Uh, here, have this SSRI, this like antidepressant or, you know, yeah. for lack of a better word. But that kind of period really kind of like, okay, I've, there's something here. And it was around the time, like getting that SSRI prescription, that was when I stopped drinking. Cause I was like, he specifically told me like, yeah, you can't drink while you're on them. So give that a shot. And so that's when I got sober the first time. Not that I like that word, but you know, I stopped drinking intentionally. But uh, society likes to use black and white terms like that. Mm -hmm. Sober or using um... like clean. Got oh, clean. I hate that one. It's so loaded. On that one. And yeah. you know, I use these terms from time to time because I feel like I have to. Like sometimes it's just the easiest way to convey something to someone. Yeah. Um, without totally. getting into what I personally think about it. Like, no, not everyone yeah. wants to hear that. But um, yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's kind of problematic. So what led up to you creating the podcast? Well, I found podcasts kind of around that time that I got that SSRI prescription. And I remember the first time I took that, I was like so scared it was going to like get me high or something. Like I was so like, oh, I don't want to be addicted to anything. Meanwhile, I was like drinking every day. Ugh, uh, that's not a hard, we... that's not a hard drug though, Kai. So it's fine. Alcohol's fine. 
literally one of the most destructive like substances out there <laughs> it's literally poison that people are just like putting into their body it's like this is fine i don't know when i was in when i was in high school i uh was straight edge for like a couple years because i was so like so anti like that getting drunk experience and i remember having a conversation with my dad as he was drinking wine we were like at some douchey resort in mexico because they like love going to resorts and uh i was just like you're drinking poison right now. <laughs> I remember him being like, you're kind of an asshole. And he I does like, like, shut up. I'm on vac yeah. vacation. Let me live. <laughs> okay, I would probably be annoyed too. Uh, oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> like some preachy teenager being like, you're, you're, you're bad. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Um, isn't mental illness funny sometimes? <laughs> yeah i guess when it's not the worst thing ever yeah and i mean i kind of joke a lot that's kind of the way i deal with my own mental health uh, I, I don't never want to come across as like callous or anything like that no i get it i've spent like the last seven years laughing at everything so i, I understand the defense mechanism yeah. oh yeah okay but sorry back backing up a little bit um you said you started talking about mental health a little more openly a year before you started the podcast. Yeah, like a year or two. Honestly, I don't really remember time. I don't. Yeah, what time yeah. is time is a mystery. So, uh, I, yeah, probably a year or two. But I found podcasts around that time, and so hearing other people talk about it, uh, I would imagine maybe you had some kind of similar experience where, like, people hearing people talking about it so openly was like, "Whoa, this is amazing!" And then, literally, like, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it just, it, that kind of thing transmits and um, I don't know. I mean, my, my ex-girlfriend, she's never told me this specifically, but I think part of why we broke up, we, we dated for like seven years. And I think why we broke up is because I was, for lack of a better term, like I was so messed up and I was so avoiding how I was struggling. Like I just wouldn't talk about my feelings. I wouldn't talk about like what was going on for me. She understood that like a lot of the times I didn't want to be touched and like I didn't want anyone to be around me but like I couldn't communicate it very well because like you know I grew up in a family where communication was just not taught conflict was avoided at all costs so I didn't have the tools to like really ever tell anyone how I was struggling and I was struggling so hard all my life and I just was doing everything I could to put on a show for everyone to show everyone that I was fine. I'm okay. Like anyone always being like, oh, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Like toxically. Okay. Okay. Fine. And good. Or like the three yeah. things I hate when people like when you, people say how they are. Yeah. That was my whole life. When did that start changing? Uh, like around the, around the time that I like went to the doctor, I guess for that heart attack, like it kind of opened me up like shit there's something here. And so I don't know, it was just like a long journey to kind of figure that out about myself. And I, I think the whole, my whole life, like I was talking to my friend the other day, we've been friends for a long time. And uh, I was like, I mean, you used to see me at parties and stuff, right? Like I was always having heart to hearts with people in the corner. And he was like, yeah, it's true. That's always been me. I've always just wanted to connect really, like, really authentically and honestly with people. So I've been kind of dying to talk about it all my life. It just took me a long time to really kind of understand that it was okay to talk about. Yeah. So what was there anything 
that led you to creating your podcast in particular? Like, was there a day that you're just like, I'm going to start a podcast? Well, I'd been thinking about it for probably like a year or two, probably like, honestly, probably, man, I wish I had a better concept of the time period. It's kind of like something you have to work up the nerve to do, at least in my experience. I'm not like a very social talkative person. So it's kind of, yeah, here we are. I feel you on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, I, yeah, exactly. I started it just because I wanted to talk to people like so badly and I wanted real honest conversations. I think part of it was that like I saw these people who I thought were really cool doing it and I wanted to be like them. And I think there's part of me that wants to judge me for that. And part of me is just like, yeah, I get it. You're trying. Everyone wants to be cool. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be cool anymore, but like, there's still like a little part of me that like want, I just want to fit in. I want people to like me. Yeah. We all want like approval from others. It's kind of part of the human condition. Yeah. But I like, I don't know if, I don't know if the podcast has been really that healthy for me. Like a lot of the times I think I've pushed myself like, yeah, just, I don't know. Like I'm trying to get authentic connection with strangers instead of like in real life. I think I've avoided a lot of authentic connections in real life because I was scared of people. That's the other part. I'm terrified of people. (laughs) That's kind of a perfect segue into like what I wanted to ask you about which is authenticity in general and um, also imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. Because I know you've talked about it on your podcast before, and it's something I struggle with a lot. Just like you can be, you, you can be a, you know, you've been podcasting for what, seven years now? No, five. Oh, okay. Still, that's, that's a good chunk. And like you can be doing it for forever and still feel like you're bad at it, like you're an imposter. Cause I guess my question was, how has the podcast helped you with your journey to authenticity? I guess like in the same vein as of what I was just talking about is like, it's helped me connect with people and really like share my struggles and my heart, I guess, because I do feel really scared of people and have a hard time kind of really authentically connecting with people in real life. Like it's not hard for me, but it's hard to find it, I guess. I, I don't know. There's been kind of like a push pull my whole life where I'm attracted to the people that don't really want to connect with me. And then I'm repelled by the people that really want to connect with me. Are you me? (laughs) Well, I think the fact that we both have podcasts that are doing this, like, I'm sure we have a lot of similarities like that. That's, that's fair. Um, uh, keep talking. I forgot what I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah. I feel you on that. Uh, I forget what I'm going to say all the time. Oh, okay. I remember. So as your podcast grew, you started talking to more and more like people on on that platform about mental health. Did you find that any of that crossed over into your real world? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I made a lot. I've made a lot of friends through the podcast. And uh, a lot of them have been really fucking tumultuous relationships, just to be honest. And like. I'm now at the point where like I will avoid people who want to be friends with me who have heard yeah. the podcast because I'm like this just it's not it's like our traumas just fucking collide when when they collide like it's so beautiful to connect in that way but when we're there's something about those traumas that just fucking blow up it's like you know too much 
Yeah. Yeah. And probably similar kind of like fear of rejection and then rejecting other people. I don't know, but it's like, I think I've kind of reinforced a lot of my traumas in kind of connecting with people through the podcast. And so I'm kind of learning how to do that in a gent more gentle way. Yeah. You were saying you were starting to think the podcast was having like a negative effect on your life. And I can definitely see how relationships built from like based on sh shared trauma can be damaging as much as I love the people in my life with trauma, especially the ones who have trauma similar to mine. I think on my last the last time I was on the dating apps, I literally put in my profile like bonding over shared trauma. <laughs> but um, I don't I don't want to say that anymore because, like you said, that kind of has um, sometimes catastrophic results. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, for other people, I, I welcome that they can have different experiences, but that's definitely been my my experience, and I've been part of the hurting other people too. It's not just that I've been hurt. When you first started your podcast, did people in your life know about it right away like did you kind of broadcast or to keep it on the dl no i i definitely broadcast it and like most of my first guests were all my friends how did that make you feel i mean it was great at the time but like a bunch of them were not friends like like a bunch of the people that were guests on the podcast like don't talk to me anymore mm -hmm. and i don't i don't understand why like i don't i don't know there's something about like I don't know if it's their shame or like, I, I don't fully understand it. I've tried to talk to a few people about it, but it's like, people don't want it. I don't really understand yeah. it. Again, it's like, I don't necessarily understand people, but I want to. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's the other thing is like, I just want to so desperately understand other people and like what their experience is, which is why I'm drawn to the podcast. Cause I like, that's literally what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, tell me about your life. How do you feel and experience the world? Exactly. What do you think podcasting has taught you over the years that might be a little surprising to yourself? I, I honestly, I think to just be like authentically me and that sounds kind of cliche, but it's like true. And like, don't try to be someone else. Don't try to be anybody else. Just like be the fucking weirdo that I am. And yes, people, there's going to be so many people that don't get it and don't like it. But like for the people that do like it and do get it, it's just like an invitation for them to be themselves too. And that's the kind of world that I want to live in is where like people are just like being authentic and, and not pretending that everything's good. Cause like, yeah, I mean, I've found a lot of healing in my life and I, I really love being alive, but it's still hard and I don't pretend that it's not hard. And I'm so fucking tired of people that are just like, you just got to do this, this, and this, and then everything's okay. It's like, ah, fuck you. It's not like that for me. I'm trying to think of a quote I heard once, which was something, something along the lines of, life is a struggle, but that doesn't mean you have to struggle needlessly. Right. And that kind of blew my mind because I was like, you're right. Like, why are we pretending that life doesn't suck? It fucking sucks. Yes. It's hard. But there's like, there's meaning in the struggle. Like, if I'm understanding that. And for me, the, the meaning is like connecting with people over it and being like, how has this hurt you? How has this shaped you? And like, for me now, it's like crying with people and like learning to grieve and learning to like feel everything in connection is like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so meaningful. And it's like, thank God that there's like, there is that kind of 
beauty in the pain because it's so yeah. painful, but it's also so beautiful. Yeah, and it, the the fact is, like, you had to go through all your previous life experiences to get to this point, and it's still, for me at least, like, I'm always changing. I'm always growing. I'm always learning. I think that's the whole point of life, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. wrapping it up, uh, back to the theme of authenticity. What would you say to someone who's like who has mental health issues, but they feel like they can't talk about it to people? Because mm. authenticity is something that people always say they want, but it's actually yeah. really hard to have. It's so hard. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you're 35, but you're still learning. I can imagine, like, how to be more totally. And so, what kind of yeah. things has have helped you in on the way? The first thing that you said, I really like that. Where, where it was like um, the people who was it that they felt they didn't feel safe or they felt scared to like kind of talk about their struggles. Yeah. Is that, yeah. I I just felt kind of like a little sadness inside of me because I can connect with that part of me too. Like I, I'm I know what that feels like at least in my experience. I know I know how scary it is to even just even just think about like opening up about something that I've been hiding all of my life. Mm -hmm. I would never, ever, ever in a million years take that for granted as if like, oh, you should just like, oh, just open up. Like that's legitimately a terrifying thing to do if that's what yeah. you've been spending your, all of your energy avoiding. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So I would say if anything, just if at all possible, try to feel like at just a tiny bit of compassion for like where you're at right now, because that's scary and that's where you are. And I think I've said this before on some kind of recordings is that like the first step is to just accept that like, oh, this is where I am. That's really hard. Yeah, it is. It's really hard, but it's not like down. It's not like the grass is greener on the other side. Like once I get all over these, this mountain range, then I'm going to love my life. It's like right now is where you are mm -hmm. and it's fucking hard. Yeah. And just like give yourself if you can, I know it's going to be hard, but just give yourself the tiniest bit of compassion for like how hard it is to be you right now. Cause it's hard. Oh my God. Yeah. One thing that really helped me in the way I perceive authenticity is just defining the word. Um, like how, like how would you define authenticity for yourself? I think for me, it's, it's not um, giving people what they want or what I think they want. It's almost like being more in the improv mind where it's like, I'm not overthinking everything. I'm just letting it out. Yes. And like people change all the time. So that means like your definition of authentic is changing all the time or like totally people yeah. change all the time, but then they expect themselves to stay in the, this one personality or whatever. For the yeah, totally. <laughs> I love that. But it's true. Like I did yes. that for years. I mean, with the, you know, the Christian stuff and other stuff. But it, I think it, what, what you said about just giving yourself compassion to be where you are, you are right now. That's so key to, I almost said authentic authenticity. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh my God. But you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I know what you mean. Exactly. That's great. I think I've actually written that in my journal before and then being like, oh, that's weird. But like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> How many times are you writing in your journal and you're just like, that's weird? 
Wait, can you tell me more? I want to know about that because I, I think I have that all the time. Oh, I mean, again, it's kind of a nod to your podcast name. Uh, uh, yes. Like, do you like kind of make yourself chuckle all the time now when you say the word like the word weird? Yeah, I think anytime I hear someone say feeling weird, like, oh, I feel weird. I like I can't not hear like the theme song or yes. like see the logo or something now. It's very catchy. <laughs> um can you plug your podcast and your social media handles for people to find you yeah unless there's anything else you wanted to say about authenticity first no i think i don't know what else to say other than like for me it's just yeah i uh, anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> i just like i don't want to tell anyone else what authenticity is because it's like up to you or like you know maybe our definitions are different but yeah well, the very definition of authenticity is like being yourself. And so when, yeah. you, when you're trying to be someone else's authentic, you're not being authentic to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So the so historically, I've been very, 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 um, I've had a very hard time plugging the podcast. So I, I, I was thinking about this before, like, okay, this time I can do it. I'm really going to be able to do it. I can maybe do yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Do it or else. <laughs> I'm give, here's my. I'm validating that. <laughs> I'm just imagining we're like on the cliff, about to like jump in the water, and I'm like terrified. And you're like fucking jump in, and you're like pointing a gun at me. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> into the water of social media, the roaring yeah. ocean that is social. <laughs> into media. like self promotion. Oh God, I hate. Uh, I, I just got like <laughs> chills down my spine when you said that because I fucking hate that word so much. Yeah, I'm, I literally did marketing for a living, and I just hate. Oh marketing wow! Myself. I hate marketing myself. I'm so bad at it. But yeah, you kind of have to. And um. Okay. Do so. It. <laughs> do it. Do it. Uh, so I have the podcast called Feeling Weird. And I basically just talk to people about what it's like to be them and, and how they've struggled, how they've found healing, how they haven't found healing, like where they're at. There's a lot of people that are, before we even interviewed, they're like, but I am like still struggling so hard. And I'm like, oh yeah, I welcome that. Like, I don't want to just tell stories of like people that have found their truth and are totally great now. It's like, you know, sometimes I'll t talk to psychologists or therapists sometimes, but most of the time it's just talking to people like people who reach out to me or people who I, I reach out to. It's like really just trying to understand what it's like to be other people because I'm so tired of living in a world where we pretend that everything's okay. And I just mm -hmm. desperately need to talk to people about what it's like and, and how hard it is and how great it is and how it's the worst thing ever. And mm -hmm. You can't see me, but I'm fervently nodding to everything you're saying. Cool. Okay. I, well, I see you now. Um, I guess the other thing is, if you've listened to this and you like don't have this strong, like, I hate their voice reaction, then I would say, um, listen to or look for feeling weird on wherever you listen to podcasts. But if you have had the experience where you're like, I fucking hate this person's voice, um, I welcome that. And I don't expect you to ever listen to the podcast. And I just uh, will send you like, uh, I get it. One of those, like a nod, like 
I, there's so many people that I can't listen to and it doesn't mean that I hate them or that they're a bad person, but like, we just don't line up and it, it's like, it's cool. Like one of my closest friends sent me like their podcast and I tried to listen to it and I'm like, I can't do this. Oh my God. That's uh, so awkward, so I welcome but it. it's such a, like, especially yeah. I feel like a lot of people have podcasts now, like post 2020 and like, you know, everyone's yeah. a podcaster. It's the joke, but um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I have a lot of friends of podcasts, not a lot, but like, some of them I'm just like, I love that you're doing this, but um, I can't, it's not really relevant to me or for whatever reason, I don't want to. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, um, feel <laughs> I like how you're trying to market yourself and your first thing you do is like, you know, don't listen to me. If you, if you don't like my voice, <laughs> just like, you know, don't, no pressure. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Also, just to clarify, it's feeling weird, not feeling weird. Oh, yeah. There's no G in feeling. It's just yeah. feeling weird. Yeah. At feeling weird. Um, you have a website too, right? With like merch at, and stuff? At feeling weird pod on Instagram. Uh, I do sell merch, but I ha I I ran out of all my t-shirts and bags. So I think my, my partner just quit her job and we're going to spend some time making stuff ourselves. So that'll maybe be for sale someday. I'm trying to figure out how to make money as a fucking weird artist that can't have a day job. I, I don't know how to do it. I'm just like tired of being poor. Our capitalist society. I, I feel like I added four extra syllables to that word when I said it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> our capitalistic society doesn't encourage that. Like, yeah, I mean, same, right? All I want to do, I don't want to be rich or anything. I just don't want to be fucking poor. Totally. It's yeah. So I, I don't. There's no part of me that wants to be rich at all. Like, I just want to yeah. make it a, a living wage. Uh, imagine that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not cynical at all, as you can tell. <laughs> yeah, I have that part of me too. I I, I like that. <laughs> um, is there anything else you wanted to say or share before we say goodbye? Yeah, I just want to talk to that part of myself that um, just thinks that everyone hates them. Because uh, like you pointed it out, that part of me just came up like, oh, if you hate my voice, that's okay. I, I like you. Uh, so I just want to say to that part of me, like, hi, I love you. I see you. And I don't understand why you hate yourself so much, but, um, I also like, I'm going to give you a lot of hugs today because I can tell that you just need some love. You're feeling scared. And, uh, oh, I can see that you're like a little kid. You're like a little part of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Also, is your second podcast going to be called Feeling Scared? <laughs> it honestly should be because, yeah, that's the part that we haven't necessarily talked about so much is like, I just feel scared of so many things. Make it into a t-shirt or something like Feeling, feeling scared. scared. What would the picture be on that? Or like, what would the illustration be? Oh, man. I don't know why my mind is going back to like drugs like the first thing i thought of when you said that was drugs like an alcohol bottle or something like, i don't know because when i'm scared oh, yeah. that's what i turn to first just like you know a cartoon liquor bottle with the x's on it you know how they always show it in cartoons yeah i don't know oh yeah you hit you hit home for me there that's <laughs> totally it like my whole 20s was just like that yep <laughs> so scared i have a patch yeah. that i really love that i've been i haven't put it on any of my jackets because i am a procrastinator but it's like oh, an it's an overturned liquor bottle and it says all the good times have been had oh yeah i really want to credit the person who made this in but i don't remember honestly um didn't didn't god make that 
Wasn't that one of God's <laughs> patches that they were selling? Um, we don't talk about God on this podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I've had um, a few Christian guests. Like my mom has been on, uh, my sister, like my friend. Actually, I just interviewed a friend who um, got out of prison and uh, she is a Christian. And so we talk about that. Wow. Yeah, just to be clear, I'm not Christian. And when I talk about God, I'm mostly just making a f- fun of just how people think about God. Oh, same. Uh, 100%. Yeah, okay. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> if <it's, laughs> Watch that be the one thing people come away with from this episode. They hate God. <laughs> <laughs> they hate their voices. They hate God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, now that um, I'm feeling sufficiently weird, I think that's a good place to uh, leave Wait, off. wait. Can I, in- can I interject here first? Sure. What's your f- what's your favorite episode of your podcast? My podcast? Yes. Oh, um probably the one where I talked to my brother about lots of things, emotional intelligence and like our childhood experience, but I don't think I've laughed so hard in any other episode. It's called Hot Takes and Emo Clothes. I forget the number. And then there's another there's another episode I did with um, a fellow addict. It's the one episode people come up to me and they're like, that was really helpful because we talk a lot about it was the first time I had really described myself as an addict and like talked about harm reduction on the podcast. And uh, my guest is just like amazing what 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 is that one called that one's called the better bad option cool yeah what about you what are your favorites so people can like go check them out yeah i i would say that like episode 60 just because i just released a an update with that guy is that uh this guy shane dement who um spent life in prison for killing two people and got diagnosed with BPD and ADHD kind of through his journey. Uh, that guy is just so mind blowing to me and so interesting and so complex. And uh, I loved, like I interviewed him when he was in prison and that was, it's not necessarily my favorite one, but I think it's definitely the most interesting one that I've done. I mean, I'm listening to your second interview with him now. Third. And, um, yeah. I just released the third one. Oh, oh, third. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to go check out the other two now because I'm like, hooked like he has such an interesting story and interesting philosophies oh yeah and then i also just found out that like a- like yesterday i found out that he's also like an avid christian and like super like kind of dogmatic <laughs> about it and i'm like oh okay this is i didn't know that but you like, would never Whoa. know because he doesn't like push it on yeah you when you were well he does it. on his youtube channel oh. <laughs> <laughs> but i don't okay wait i just i don't want to like talk shit about him i i love that he has found that I'm not talking shit about him. It's just so it's so curious to me when people get like that into religion. It's it's yeah. interesting to me. Oh, that'll be our um, our next podcast conversation for another day. <laughs> hey, um, do you want to be a guest on Feeling Weird? Hell yeah. Okay, let's make that happen. Cool. And then people can just go listen to that episode. Sounds great. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kai. This was great for me. I laughed a lot. Uh, felt sufficiently weird. <laughs> on all the right places no, in all the right ways oh god i <laughs> i don't know I just ruined the podcast <laughs> oh that got so weird nice i love it <laughs> all right you have a good day kai <laughs> you too <laughs> Bye. hey guys thanks for listening to this episode of pickles and vodka if you could relate to anything we talked about 
You can follow the podcast at Pickles and Vodka Podcast on Instagram, on Facebook by typing in Pickles and Vodka Podcast. You can also email me at picklesandvodkapodcast at gmail.com if you have any stories or if you just want to say hi. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Stay safe.